All right. Uh, welcome back to the Speak Your Peace podcast. My name is Ian McNaughton, Big E here. Uh, pleased to welcome back SYP creator Scotty K. Scott, welcome back to the pod. Um, how's it going? Things are good, man. It's a, it's a busy life, but things are things are good. Um, trade deadline's over. March Madness is mad. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a good time, right? That, March Madness no, is mad this year. No, no, I'm telling you right now, that doesn't work. No, um, sorry. You could scrap that. Um, Scott and I were chatting before, and I was working on my material, which apparently wasn't good. So I'm telling Scott now on the pod that his material is not. Good. We both have work to do if we're trying to get Netflix specials. I guess is what we're trying to say. Yeah, that's a good point. But but this is why we do podcasts. We're not comedians. We try to be. I mean, I think my humor is like a C or C plus. Like on the grand scheme of. <laughs> of everything it's like a c plus humor i think it's what i have which is like, like an which is like an american d like but a soft like c, a soft c plus basically is what you're saying yeah yeah so that you could actually describe that as just me in general i'm like a soft c plus i feel like is like a good way to describe me <laughs> you know you know what they say c's get degrees so means you get means you're getting yeah means you're getting a degree so that's all i'm looking for um go. I, I think the first thing before we really get too deep into uh, shenanigans, uh, we're doing this podcast, I guess about an hour after the Ottawa Senators uh, announced the death of uh, team owner Eugene Melnick. Weird timing. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, you don't expect anybody to ever die, I guess, but um, 61 years old. He's been the owner of the, he was the owner of the Ottawa Senators from 2003, I believe until 2022. Um, Scott, what are your thoughts on just UDG Melnick and for instant reaction when seeing this? Honestly, I was like, at first thought I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, like, I thought this was, a, I actually thought it was a joke. Like I thought maybe TSN like fucked up, but based, I mean, now it's gotten everywhere. Like, yeah, it's, it's it's sad it's it's and he was i think 61 or yeah 62 he's yet young for again average life expectancy is 81 years in canada it's that's very young and again you know in a field where like you know obviously hockey players are athletes so you know often like upper management staff will like you know train and work out too because they have the facilities and the means to do it but yeah just very, I don't, I, mean, I don't know the details of his death, what happened, but very shitty and sad for everyone involved in NHL. And again, Eugene Monik was has been an owner in this league for 20 years, which is, I think, on the longer end of a lot of owners in the NHL. So props to, yeah, props to him for staying that long, but also a very sad situation in Ottawa for sure. Uh, uh, on the Senators' website, they said that he passed on March 28th, 2022. After an, eight, an illness, he faced with determination and courage. So obviously, we don't know for sure what that is. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure they pro- I'm sure they probably don't want to release any information now. It's still probably way too early um, in terms of releasing information. Um, you know, I, 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 I'll admit I, I've been uh, my fair share of someone. I, I've taken my fair share of, you know, shots at Eugene Melnick. Uh, as an owner and as somebody who ran an NHL franchise. Um, but I, I do, I do think there is something to be said for um, his contributions 
to hockey in Ottawa, um, to the Senators organization, and, and probably just to the, to the city of Ottawa with the charitable uh, donations he's made to it's a, you know it says on here St. Joseph's Health Center to help us help chill help the children St. Michael's College School in Toronto um you know it, there, there's been some significant contributions made there but you know it, it's kind of a mixed legacy that in my opinion he's leaving behind yeah. um you know obviously I feel nothing but uh you know I wish nothing but condolences and best of luck to the family and friends who are being left by him. But um, I, I don't know how you feel about Eugene as an owner. That's how I mostly know him as is the owner yeah. of the Ottawa senators. And again, he's let's, you know, let's just say the facts here from 2003 until 2022, the Ottawa senators overall have been a pretty good team, except for the last, you know, last few years, like recent, recently, not so much, but from like 2000 until 2018 ish they were they were a pretty solid team they had some good players and they went to the Stanley Cup final in 07 and you know almost probably should have gone in 2017 as well and um again a big part of a franchise and an organization is the owner willing to spend the money to bring the players in and Eugene Melnick did that from you know signing Eric Carlson big signing you know Brennan um Spezza and Alfredson these guys are already there but point being that he was uh you know instrumental in making sure this happened making sure the money was there for the gm to go sign the players and yeah it's again you talked about his contributions outside of like in the hockey realm but also outside in the community i think it's really it is it is a mixed thing because there were some controversial things he did and said and how we handled the media sometimes was questionable yeah but again his contributions to hockey are profound nonetheless and that's the thing i think people are going to miss and his his impact on the community was so, so huge in ottawa and in ontario and canada as a whole for that matter so so yeah and, and you know they had the, the 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 run to the cup in 2007 uh they were in the conference finals in 2017 you know some success not as much as probably others would like in a 20 year process, but um, you know, for a small market team like the senators, you could argue that they get, they overachieved in a way with uh, the core guys that you mentioned, like Spezza and Alfredson. Uh, and then in the next core of Eric Carlson. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's too bad that he had to go at such a young age and obviously, you know, hopefully he didn't die, um, you know, struggling or, you know, hopefully he went peacefully, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, There's no easy way about going about this. And um, obviously it's too early to tell when while we're recording right now what the senators are going to do as a franchise and what their next step is they're probably still going to be mourning and um you know getting over the loss of their longtime owner um you know again wishing nothing but the best to, to those who are impacted by this you saw there are some players on instagram on the senators who shared their team post in their story about Eugene passing away. So hopefully, hopefully 
you know, hopefully everything that happens outside, you know, with the team gets solved. Hopefully his family is all right. And, um, you know, may better days lie ahead for all those involved. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, rest in peace, Eugene Melnick. Um, never an easy transition from these kind of things, but, uh, Scott, should we talk about the, I'll talk about the Isabel cup quickly. I, I want to throw that out. I want to yeah, throw that out there. No, definitely. Please do. Uh, we're also recording this just after the Boston pride won the 2022 Isabel cup in the PHF, the premier hockey federation, um, Boston defeated the Connecticut whale four to two, the final fun game. Uh, I watched it from beginning to end really fun game. Uh, you know, the, the pride won their third Isabel cup, their second straight title. They won the tournament last year. Uh, Connecticut was the number one team. They had the most points. They just fell short of winning their first Isabel cup, but the pride take it. Uh, kudos to Katie Burt goaltender for the Boston pride, who I think she made 32, 33 saves on the whole. I don't have the stats right in front of me, uh, but she made over 30 saves. Uh, Jillian Dempsey had a really nice goal. She scored the first goal of the game for the pride. Um, basically a nice, you know, outside inside move on a defenders beats the goalie, Abby Ives. Um, Boston then in the, in the third period, they were down three, two going into the third. They scored two goals in about a minute to go up three, two. Then they get the empty netter beat Connecticut. So, you know, Kind of a, a, a disappointing finish for Connecticut, considering they were leading going into the third and were winning for most of the game. But, you know, that's just how hockey is. You, you can't always predict these kind of things. And, you know, it, it was another successful year, I'd say, for the PHF, who they had their finals and their playoffs, I should say, in Florida and Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, I I don't know if it's official that Montreal is going to be the new expansion team next season in 2022 or the year after, but uh, all in all, a fun, a fun season for the PHF. Um, congratulations to Boston again for winning their third title. And, you know, there's always next year, Connecticut. There's always <laughs> next year, Toronto, who were the uh, second seed because they had uh, 46 points in the regular season. Connecticut had 47, so they were the first seed. Um, Scott, anything to add on the PHF and any of the game? No, uh, I, I want, I just wanted to shout out because we also, before the season, we got to do a, a cool interview with Megan Barris, who is a forward for the Toronto six. So I wanted to throw that out there too. Um, you know, I, I enjoy, I enjoy the PHF and I would love to cover the, I would love to do more content for the PHF if we had a team in Vancouver or a team in BC. Um, I know it's not easy to do it right now because they're still in the growing stages of the league and the furthest team West is Minnesota. Hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't make a lot of sense for a team to be in Vancouver if the next closest team is Minnesota. But, um, you know, I, 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 I think there's a lot going on with the women's hockey game right now. And a lot of it is positive. It's heading in the right direction. And we'll see, you know, how that goes with the PHF in the next few years here. If they keep expanding again, they have a team going to Montreal here in, in the not too distant future. Uh, 
the growth of women's hockey has been incredible as evident by the winter Olympics with the women's hockey game uh, games really with Canada, us, particularly the gold medal game. So you can tell that women's hockey is on the rise and it's, and even like just as sim, you know, simple as NHL, this is a dumb example, but NHL 22 putting women's players into the video game, that's again, something that's very, yeah, very gimmicky, but I think it's such an important step is that now girls can play as their idols on a video game right back here. And that's, you know, I found, you know, I went, cause I got 22 for Christmas. I went and tried, it's actually a lot of fun and it was really cool seeing players you kind of know. And um, no, it was, yeah, definitely very cool how they all did it, how it all set up. It, it's just creating that accessibility, right? Like trying to just get more access and, um, you know, getting more people interested and getting people familiar with the women's game. I don't even know how many people either, even knew that the Isabel Cup was happening tonight. But, you know, the fact that it was on ESPN2 in the States, it was on TSN2 here in Canada, it was on ESPN plus the main streaming service in the States. I'm sure it was on TSN go just creating that accessibility and creating that interest so that people, you know, can have the opportunity to watch. I think is really important and really exciting. It's like, there's only, there's only, you know, room to grow. It can only get bigger. It can only get better. And having games like this really help and are really important. So, Absolutely. uh, well, you know, well done to the PHF. Best of luck in, you know, over the offseason. Uh, we'll see it again if Montreal comes next season as an expansion team and how that goes. But, um, you know, well done to everybody involved. Congratulations to the Boston Pride. Tough luck to the Connecticut, wa- or yeah, the Connecticut Whale. Um, you know, it'll just make that much, that, that season, that next season in 22 23 even more exciting. Um, speaking of exciting, should we move on to, you want to do some NHL talk here? Let's do some NHL talk. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think we should mention, we're also doing this Monday after the Chicago Blackhawks blew a four nothing lead, uh, to the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. That's not good. Is that just like the Blackhawks season, like summed up in one game though, isn't it? Just like you bring in, you know, start really hot, bring in all these players. You're thinking you're going to do great. And this is the result. This is what happens. And it's just been a rough go for the Blackhawks for sure. You know, I, I kind of wonder if we talked a little bit about it before we, we hit record, but these are two teams who are like kind of trending in opposite directions where the Sabres feel like they're at least heading up and like there's momentum and like for all the shit that was going on with the Jack Eichel deal, at least now people are starting to like, at least within the organization, it's like, yeah, we know, we, we know we're not great, but we can beat these guys. Yeah. Where Chicago, it's like, we don't know that we're that great. We don't know that we can beat these guys. And yeah, it fell apart. Kind of, they're kind of falling off. I mean, they've had a great, like they had a great 2010 decade with their their dynasty, if you will. Um, and yeah, you couldn't have said it better. Like Buffalo's on their way up. You know, Cousins is in there. Uko Pekka Lukonen's really good. Peyton Krebs, who they got for Jack Eichel, and Alex Thomas. Shout out Alex Tuck's been really good for that team. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, we talked I talked about this before podcast, but they're six two and two in their last ten games. The Sabers are so. 
again, they're not going to make the playoffs in their division, but they're still on the up, which is encouraging for Buffalo fans. Yeah, and, and I, you know, the other guy I feel like we should mention is Tage Thompson, yes, who, oh yeah. some, who somehow scored his 28th goal of the season this year. Very quiet. Very like, sneaky 28 goals. Like, like you said, he's going to get 30 this year somehow. Like, yeah. Like we all predicted Tage Thompson's going to be a 30 goal scorer. Just move him to center and he's fine. I, I just, I, I'm oh, amazed yeah. by it. Um, you know, I kind of wonder with the Sabres if, because I think that's the main story. I think we, I think main story, I guess the two main stories out of this, I think the big one has to be the Sabres. I think that they got this Eichel monkey off their back and they yeah. don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, I think this is fresh start, clean slate. Yeah. yeah, and and they can go and do their own thing. They don't have to worry about it. And there's going to be people who don't like the Eichel deal or don't think they got enough for him or whatever, whatever, whatever. But yeah. you know, as it stands, the Sabers could be getting a lottery pick from Vegas. Yeah, true. They have a player who wants to be there, and Alex Tuck. They and have good. and is good. Let's let's keep this in mind. Alex Tuck is a good hockey player. Top six forward in the yes. NHL. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. And they have a young kid that they can build around, maybe not to the same extent of Jack Eichel, but a young core guy in Peyton Krebs. Yeah. Peyton Who, Krebs in his draft year probably should have gone top 10 had he not blown on his knee. Yeah. So let's keep and, that. And, and, and all of those, I know they haven't made the draft pick yet, but all three of those pieces, all three of those assets are things that, the Buffalo Sabres can go to their fans and say, hey, here are three guys or here are three people that we think you are going to be interested in, and you should come and watch these three people. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. And that also goes along the lines with Rasmus Dahlin, former first overall pick, who struggled a bit this year, but I still think is a quality NHL defenseman. Yep, agreed. um, you said his name, and I totally... Uko Pekka Lukonen, the goalie. Lukonen. Goalie prospect, yeah. Goalie prospect. I don't know if he's the goalie of the future yet. I don't know if he's going to be, like, starting 40 games anytime soon. But at least he's a goalie where the fans, you know, you can say to the fans, hey, another guy you should be really interested in watching and that you should be coming out to see. Yeah. Like, if you look at the – I'm not going to include Detroit, but, like, if you look at the bottom five teams in the East here of – Buffalo, Philly, New Jersey, Ottawa, Montreal. You know, I, I, I proposed it to you a few weeks ago about which job would you, which is the most desirable GM job of Buffalo, Ottawa, Montreal. And we both kind of came to the consensus of Buffalo. Yeah. And I still feel that same way looking at the bottom five teams in the East. I agree, you, yeah. Even if, if you, you and the, the, um, the pool of teams. Yeah, I'd make an argument for New Jersey because I think they have some exciting pieces, but they just can't make it work. And um, yeah, Jack Hughes, like once when you have a guy like Jack Hughes on your team, you gotta like really consider that as a if you're in a hypothetical situation if you're coming in. But no, to your point, we talked about Buffalo as being kind of a exciting team, and it's funny you've talked about all these guys and you haven't even mentioned Owen Power yet. Owen Power, who's on his way. Who's, on, who's well on his way. He's going to be a stud next year. If he, does, if he doesn't play uh, for the Sabres this year, because I believe he's on his way to the Final Four, right. uh, it's kind of like a Matthew Knives thing with, um, the, with Minnesota, Minnesota yeah. where 
where knives isn't going to play for Toronto yet because Minnesota's in the final four. But like, you know, <laughs> the the Sabers have Owen Power on the way. You know, they have Dylan Cousins. Yeah, another who's really there. already there, but very good who's player. Al- who's already there? Another young, talented player. Yeah. Um, you know, JJ Paterka. Yeah, very good. Played so good in the World Juniors that year, 2021, I think it was. Jack Jack Quinn. Like, there's like I'm just going off like naming off some guys, but it's like, and I'm not saying the Sabers are on their way to being a Cup contender anytime soon. No. But in terms of just like doing a rebuild, in terms of just having a fresh start and getting away from the whole Eichel thing, I really like where the Sabers are going, and and I'm keen on them here in the next few years. Yeah, and again, Darlene's going to play such a key role on that team with, because again, he's kind of becoming a veteran at this point. And he's, again, he's only like 22 years old, but he's a vet. Let's be real. He's a veteran at this point. And or he's going to be 22 this year because he's a 2000 birthday, but um, he's, yeah, he's such a, again, quality defenseman. And if, he's only going to get better. Again, once he gets some more steady players around him, he's going to have less pressure on him to perform. He can kind of, let his offensive game run wild, which we know based on his clips from junior, he's nuts on the puck. He's ridiculous. So it's going to be, yeah, fun to watch. Um, the Blackhawks, we kind of know where things are going with the Blackhawks, I feel like. Um, yeah, and, you know, I think Chicago is going to be one of many, I don't know about many, but one of a few teams who is going to just tear it all down, like, tear it down this summer like this is the summer if you're chicago you move on from taves you move on from kane you, you move think on they from- trade them do you think one of uh, would you who would you trade taser kane maybe you, both really if you're if I, you're I, if you one of them if you're if you're really gonna do this rebuild um because here's the thing yeah you, you 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 can't really move on from seth jones nope not yet not yet. You can move on, I think, from Taves and Kane. As much as that's going to be a hard pill to swallow, I think you can still get quite a bit for Patty Kane, especially if you want to do the like fifty percent salary retention. Yeah, that's a good point. Like I, I think here's, here's the kind of the here's my counter argument to this. I don't know if like it's again it's one of those things is that you're going to get more for Kane, but as a uh, putting people in their seats in Chicago again Chicago doesn't really have issues with putting people in their seats because it's you know it's Chicago but the point is like are you really going to trade Patrick Kane who is an absolute legend in that town has brought this town three cups right that's kind of it's you know what I'm saying like I don't know if I don't know if I feel if I'm Chicago Blackhawks GM I don't know if I'm comfortable doing this I think you I think here's the thing I think Kyle Davidson um is is so like new to the team. Yeah, I think he can just say, "Yeah, I, I need to, uh, you know, trade these guys to get a fresh start to really do this rebuild properly." I feel like the only way that they're gone is if they actually ask for a trade, or they 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 say to management, "They're like, you know what? I want to go for another cup. Put send me to a team that's going to win a cup, kind of thing." Well, I but I think at the same time too, you can like if they say that we don't want to be a part of the rebuild. Or like this rebuild stinks, but it's like no, you can just move on from them. Then that's what's my point. That's what I'm kind of what I'm getting at. It's like yeah, 
Like they, if they want out, they want out. Like it's not going to be like. It, but, oh, but, but, but I, but I also think they're not going to explicitly say they want out. They're yeah. just gonna like they're just going to be like, well, you know, it sucks losing, but and it's like, but, okay, well, yeah. you, you're either with it or you're not. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think I think that's a, that's a very good point. And again, I mean, yeah, Anaheim kind of has an issue with Ryan Getzlaff too. It's like, do you like do you move him because he's a very valuable asset to teams, you know, especially as like you can think of a really elite third line center can play power play, right? So, I, like you know, I, I don't know. It's it's a def, it's a tough call. Personally, I wouldn't trade Kainer. I'd maybe get rid of Taves. I'd but. move on. I move on from both. I think you can get away with moving on from both. I, yeah. And I think it. I think it's time to rip off the black. The here's the thing: the Blackhawks as a whole just need to get rid, get, get away from anything that stenches of that first Stanley Cup team and the whole yep. Kyle Beach thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they, like they need, they need to get Almost clean house. Clean house. They need to like. Yeah. And I know you can't do that entirely because the owner is still there. Yeah. The, you know, Rocky Wirtz is still there. So you can't really do it entirely, but everything else from an organizational standpoint, you need to cut, you know, you need to rip that bandaid off and you need to get away from anything that smells like that 2010 team. You, you need to get rid of anything that. Yeah. Closely resembles that. There was a toxic, environment culture that kind of came with it with the Kyle Beach situation yeah very pro- which was I mean as we talked about in several podcasts prior very problematic um and again it's but yeah I, I agree with you yeah it's almost time to clean house and just like literally blow it up in a way yeah you 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 and that's where if you're Kyle Davidson you're just like yeah this is what we need to do as a t- as an organization as a team this is what we need to do and it's like all right I don't blame you Go for it. Do it. Fair enough. Um, you want to do a little bit of a late trade deadline reaction? Rav and I kind of did a bit on Sunday night, but if you had any more thoughts that you wanted to share on uh, – your, your Anaheim Ducks were pretty active, so we didn't really talk about the Anaheim moves too much if you want to. Oh, good. Uh, just gives me some free roam. Uh, cool. Um, I do want to say, not Anaheim related, I do not like the Tyler Mott trade. I think the Canucks oh. – that big time um i think tyler mott is a huge fan favorite and in this household in this household in Kelowna, he's a big fan favorite um canucks fan or not in there's three of us in here one of them is a canucks fan but we all love tyler mott i think they fucked that one up big time i mean props to new york for getting him out of vancouver but um i don't like the move for on vancouver's part i would have said no to that but that's just me maybe i don't know how much more you're gonna get for him which at the same time, I guess you can also make the argument then just keep him. Yeah, that's my but, point. I mean, like again, Tyler, man, I just love his game. Maybe again, I guess maybe maybe this is just me, but I love his game. He's such a fan favorite, like a really good penalty kill guy, really good kind of. He can put you know, can score for you. He's got some wheels. He's like, he's just a. I just like his game. He's a good hockey player, and I think he was a good part of Vancouver's, like not maybe not success, but like. He was a good teammate and a good guy on that team for several years, and it's, I just think it's too bad they got rid of him. Um, you know, well, you know, with that move, you know, it it's the end of uh, Mott Girl Summer in Vancouver, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Tyler Boss going Tyler to New Boss, York. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's Ty- Tyler Bloss no more in Vancouver. Not in Vancouver, anyways. Not Vancouver. Yeah, maybe he'll be Tyler Bloss in New York, and they'll help with Shesterkin putting up a point zero zero goals against average in the playoffs. Maybe they'll uh, win the cup. I don't know. Maybe they'll beat Carolina and Tampa. Who knows? Um, anyway. well, it's kind of it's kind well, it's kind of like you know to make it about myself. Uh, it's kind of like the Vlad Nemestikov trade. Okay. Where it's kind of like the, the, you know, there's people who are thinking that Vlad Nemestikov was worth more than a fourth round pick. And it's like, like I don't know. Is, is, is there really, you know, how, how many, how many GMs are really making that trade, you know, like for a third or a second, uh, for a Tyler Mott or Vladislav Nemestikov. Like, depends I just how, feel it. Depends on desperate the team is to offload salary. That's, again, this is, that's part of it too, right? It's like, you know, teams know what people, what each team has in terms of cap space. So if, let's say in your case, Detroit, well, I mean, Detroit's got a lot of cap space, but like for, do like Vancouver, like the Rangers have a lot of cap space for a contending team. And correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I think they, they have, they, 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 they have a lot of buyout space or a, a lot of space taken up with buyouts, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But in terms of actual cap space, they have like a decent amount compared to other teams. Like, yeah, like, they, have a, they have a fair bit. Yeah. Compared to like a $4,000 Vegas team, but that's, we'll chat about that later. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how that all works and what teams will do. And like, again, we'll talk, I mean, you want, you want me to get into Anaheim trades. We'll talk about that. Ryan Kessler contract trade with Dadanov and that getting canceled. So, um, but yeah, my ducks were successful at the deadline. I'm sure people have seen Raquel Lindholm and Manson are all gone for a plethora plethora. That's a new word of the day of second round picks, a first round pick. And um, what's his name? The, the, the defenseman, I forgot. It's uh uh, the Yuho uh, back yeah, that's the one, or something, yeah. yeah, something like that. Bruins, uh, de- defense prospect now in Anaheim. Um, very excited to see him, and also Drew Allison, who now that's five, so that is five players from that 2021 world junior team that won gold for the Americans that are Ducks prospects. So, the future is bright in Anaheim. You can say that Anaheim has a type. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 2000, 2001, 2002 born American players with swagger, I guess, is their type. Yes. It's kind of my type, too. Well, um, then, then there's like OHL guys like Drysdale McTavish. So, so okay. So they, so they have two types then. It's either um, hot OHL boys. Or hot American boys, or hot boys that play in America, like Olin. Hot Sullivan. boys that play in America. Okay, there you go. I guess they have it. Yeah, never, not never thought of it that way. But um, well, you know, like with like how do, like everybody has um, biases isn't the right. Everybody has types, right? Everybody has like preferences. I think preferences is the, is the right. Yeah. So we know what Anaheim's preferences are. Yeah. Drafting good players that can contribute to a 
I mean, well, hey, let's just say hockey, the hockey news uh, rated Anaheim as the number one uh, prospect pool in the NHL going into this offseason. So that's something. Well, that also includes, you know, Everett's Olin Zellweger. Olin Zellweger, yeah, exactly. Who, Lucas Dostal, who's a goalie as well. Who? Lucas Dostal. Mm, yeah, him. He's, I'm, I feel like he's been in their prospect pool for like the last five years. Uh, goalies usually are. No, but that's just how old I feel. Just like I've heard Lucas Dodell for like so long. And it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's right. No, that's uh, um, yeah, okay. Is there any other move you liked, didn't like, uh, really, really had a disdain for? Andrew Cop. Well, okay. Um, yeah, I like the Andrew Cop trade. I like that was a good one. Um, the trade to New York, the Rangers did load up, which is good. I think, I they, think repl- was- they, they replaced their bottom line with, from AHL players to like NHL players. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. That's funny, actually. Um, more or less, which is good. Um, not to be, not make the obvious, but the Giroud trade was, I like that one as well. Yeah. Um, that was Okay, obviously a good deal. Um, the you, you, are you are you? I, I should ask. Like, are you disappointed that you didn't get again dad enough, or like, no? Are you are you kind of content with how that played out? I'm okay with that, but again, we would have gotten another second round pick out of that if not for the the shit that happened. I'm not indiff. Like, doesn't really matter. And like Kessler coming off the books, anyways this year so it's not really that big of an issue to me i don't know it feels, I we- it feels weird having anaheim on your no trade list yeah why wouldn't you want to play in southern california well there's some people i was talking uh, yeah i was i was chatting with some people about this about how you know anaheim as an organization maybe didn't have the best reputation considering Bob Murray was their GM and anything that might've happened throughout that time. Yeah. So maybe things I, are different now. That's, that's, I think things are different now, but I do, I do like Pat Verbeek as well as the GM, but that's separate. Um, yeah. I think another consideration with the whole Dadunov thing is that there aren't any Russians on the, on the Ducks roster, which again, may play a role, may not. Cause again, if you're the only, if you're the only Russian on a team, then it, it might be kind of difficult for you to kind of, integrate yourself and kind of um i don't know it just i feel like there's other teams like i feel like dadanov would love to go to like a team like washington or like minnesota maybe where, where caprizov is or a team like okay vegas was a good team with some guys that are real solid and um i don't know maybe like a more con- like a contending-ish team versus anaheim for example um i think there's something to be said for you know, you can only go to the beach and Disneyland so much when you're in Anaheim. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe if, you know, dad and off and maybe, maybe uh, this is happening and we don't know about it, but if dad and off went to Anaheim, he would join Max Comtois in his roller hockey that he does. Like, yeah, true. This is true. This that is looks great. pretty cool. I, I'd love to take part in that. Yeah. I will say the one other trade that I really, really liked was the flurry trade to Minnesota. I think the Wild absolutely stole him out of Chicago. Can we call him Minnesota Andre Fleury yet? No, not yet. He's got to he's got to do some no. stuff in the playoffs. 
for him to get that that title. So let's see if what he can do in the playoffs, and then we can we'll talk about that later. I think so. Here, here's hear me out on this, okay? Yep. The top five Minnesota Wild players of all time. Okay, this this list is really easy. Okay. Is there is there one to five or is it like five? One to five. It's just one to five. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, actually, you could do this in no particular order, but I feel like this is also how it would be one to five. Sure. Number one. Yep. Mark Andre Fleury. This is just in terms of all time players. Oh, like all time players that have played the roster. So like. Yes. Although Paul, okay, Paul, like Paul Korea isn't like the best duck all time, but like he'd be on that top five list. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yep. Mark Andre Fleury. This is kind of like the Kawhi with Toronto thing, where like Kawhi, like one of the best players all time to play for the Raptors, even though he only played one year for the Raptors. Okay. Sure. Mark Andre Fleury, number one. Okay. Marion Gabrick, number two. Sure. Kirill Kaprizov, number three. Ooh, okay. Okay. I think it's Suter four. <laughs> I have a hard time digesting that one. No, and then probably Parise five. <laughs> oh, no, I'm shocked. Miko Koivu is not in this conversation. Miko Koivu is like an honorable mention. If not, he should be ahead of like Parise. But like you know, like I can name all five like top wild all time like right off bat with this game. To be fair, the the franchise has been around as long as we have on this planet. So like Flurry Flurry is the first all-star to ever like not all-star, excuse me. Flurry is the first Hall of Famer to ever play for the Wild. Yeah, because yeah, Miko Koivu is not going to the Hall. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And Parise and Suter are like like borderline. If maybe not. probably not. Suter needs to do like something else to get in. But yeah. I think and I'm still on the take of like last year was the greatest season in Minnesota wild history. They pushed Vegas to seven games. Yeah. Kaprizov yeah. was awesome. They had those nice reverse retro North star throwbacks. Oh, yeah, those were so nasty. That's why the wild best season ever was last season. Um, they might top it this year. We'll see. They might. But that's what I, th- I think the list, you're probably right with Koivu over Parise, but I, th- those are the top five uh, Minnesota Wild players of all time. Hmm. I like it. I like it. And I do like that. The Flurry trade is really good. That was kind of the point of that story. But um, Flurry did get stolen out of Chicago by Minnesota, and good for them for doing it. Um, I, I mean, if you're Minnesota, why not? What do you, oh, like, I think you got to do it. Just to shore up your goaltending, and again, the team's good enough, and Oh, also with Minnesota, Tyson Jost. Former Penticton B, Tyson Jost. Tyson Jost, exactly. Um, He is now in Minnesota for Nico Sturm. I think that's a great thing for Tyson Jost. I think the Wild win that trade too. Yeah, probably. I think it's kind of a – I mean, the the Wild probably win that because they get the better player. But I think because of the cap implications for the Avalanche, I think it's probably a wash too. So Yeah. No, that's – fair but minnesota had a good deadline anaheim had a good deadline new york had a good deadline too and we were talking about this last night rav and i with minnesota about how minnesota was kind of falling off for a while there and now all of a sudden they're back on it yep like like they're now eight one and one in their last 10 second in the central it's pretty good 
I mean, they're, let's be real. They're probably going to see St. Louis in the first round, first. which is going to be one hell of a playoff series. Yeah. It, I can't so, wait to see how that goes. Well, it's unfortunate because they're going to beat the shit out of each other and then they're going to lose the avalanche in five games. Let's like, so we'll see how it goes, but that's all fair. Um, <laughs> I feel like we should also talk a bit about the Battle of Alberta that happened this past weekend, mm-hmm. uh, where the Flames went Dolly Parton on the Oilers and won nine to five. Yeah, I felt like a nineteen eighties game. Yeah, except the yeah. Oilers were on the wrong wrong end of it. Yeah, true. And Gretzky didn't. Uh, oh, sorry, McDavid didn't have uh, five points. Sorry. Got no, but Drysaddle pretty much did, and you know. I think here's the thing that game, there's nothing about that. I didn't watch it, but there's nothing about that game. I, I, I did get to see some of the highlights. Nothing about that game that surprised me. Flames top line, probably the best first line in hockey right now. I will right now. They are good. Good draw was electric. I got us. I watched the game. Like, I watched the game. Goudreau was electric. He was Goudreau, Goudreau and like Kachuk, Kachuk was everywhere. Like Matthew Kachuk was pretty much everywhere. It seemed like yep. um, the Oilers uh, on the back end uh, stink uh, with their defense and their goaltending. Both are bad. Yep, both are bad. No other way to put it. And you know, you got to ask the question: What would McDavid and Drysaddle look like on a good team? Oh, they'd be cup well. Again, heart, you can't really trade McDavid for McKinnon, but like McDavid on the Avalanche would be an absolute joke. Uh, trade McKinnon to Toronto for JT and a bunch of assets. Who says no? For oh, for Tavares, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say no. McKinnon's way too valuable and he's gonna probably be lifting cup this summer, but we'll see. Um, yeah, no, this Oilers team sucks. They are still on pace to make the playoffs, on, unfortunately. No, they'll make the playoffs. Which, which is too bad. For all the flack that the Oilers get, they're, they're not a horrible team. They're, a, they're, a, they're an extremely flawed team. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's, you're absolutely right about that. But again, let's look at Koskinen's numbers aren't horrible. I want to make that very clear. You're right. Their goaltending sucks, but Koskinen, if you look at Koskinen's number, they're not horrible. Can I make the argument that Stuart Skinner should be the team's number one goalie going into the playoffs? I think you should too, but they're just not going to do it. No, they aren't. Um, This team traded assets for Brett Kulak to get his ass beat by the flames on Saturday night. Oh yeah. Kulak was not very good. Tell you that same, same sort of deal with the Panthers who traded at traded a second round pick for Ben Sherratt to have his ass get beat by JT multiple times on Sunday against the Leafs. Yeah, Sherratt was uh very yeah, he was yeah, yeah. Um again, I don't know if I'm if I'm gonna hammer the Calgary St. Louis Western Conference final like I kind of was for a bit there only because like Colorado's looking really fucking good right now. Oh, they're looking so good. I, I think Glanisoc's still out. Yeah. yeah um they're, they're ridiculous. I don't know how I like we've talked about this before. I don't know how you beat them. Well, I think it's I think you can also make the same argument with Calgary. Where like Calgary has 
a re- like the best top line in hockey, yep. a really good goaltender, yep. really strong defense. Yep. Um, you know, even their forward depth, they improved on their forward depth. Like they traded for Cali Oncroke. Oh, their, their top three lines are kind of ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's nice. And Yarn Croak is such a versatile, like, utility two-way guy that they kind of stole. And, again, now, not, you know, this, this, is, this is a factor, like, the whole personal factor. Lindholm and Yarn Croak are buddies. And then now there's, like, seven Swedes on our team. So they're all super close. I think it's, yeah, he was a great add. And let's not forget about Toffoli, too. Toffoli's been kind of nice on that team. I, I watched the highlights of that game and like, obviously I saw the top line doing really well. And then like, they, you know, they mentioned a few times, like here's Toffoli streaking down the wing. It's like, Oh fuck. Right. Tyler Toffoli's on this team. On this this team. guy's also really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was a very, I will say that game lived up to expectations. It was fun to watch throughout. The Calgary has Calgary has the best goal differential in the Western Conference at plus 71. Pretty good. That's very good, actually. And they're only they're only bested by Florida. Not bad. So Calgary's really good. Another team I gotta give a quick shout out to are the LA Kings. Yep. Because I've kind of been right riding this like Kings hype train a little bit, like at least more in the offseason. It's a trash hockey club, but they're doing well this year. I'll, gi- I'll give you that. They're, they're better well. than your team. Your team stinks right now. Yeah. they're and this, yeah. and this is coming from the guy who saw his team lose 11-2 to to Pittsburgh on Sunday. Our team stinks. <laughs> but you know what? We're going to really enjoy the draft lottery again this year because both the teams will be in it again. So. <laughs> Great. Um, L- L.A. I don't know who LA will play in the first round. It's looking like either Edmonton, Vegas, or Dallas. And they, yeah. and they probably beat Edmonton. They probably beat Dallas. Vegas, I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, a Vegas rematch is going to be like in 2018, where people, Vegas just... People are sleeping on Vegas too much. I think they're going to destroy some teams when they get into the playoffs. If, if, okay, if they get in, they're going to win a round. I don't care what All right. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the West. Like Rav and I said, the East is pretty well set. Uh, Kyle yeah. Connor is also uh, a really good hockey player who will be scoring 50 goals this year. Uh, in case you don't know, Scott and I had a bet that Kyle Connor uh, will score 50 goals this year. I said he will, and I'm on the verge of getting 10 bucks. No, no, he needs nine. He still needs nine goals, and he needs to win a gold medal. No, I'm just kidding. Not we'll we'll, we'll avoid that one, but. Um, uh, so he needs so he needs to get nine goals in the next uh what is it 15 games yeah that sounds right i say he does it i don't think he does it not a chance when when he is uh where is it not here, a chance. where he, he is getting a 0.61 goals per game on pace for he's on pace for 50. It's coming it's gonna, down to the wire. Gonna, this is actually it's gonna come down. Yeah. Yeah, this is very exciting. I might have to start start paying attention to Jets games, even though they're kind of start well, they're still kind of in it. Can I can I tell you a secret? 
Yeah, bring it. Uh, last week, I was uh, when the March Madness games were on commercial. I was watching uh, the Jets play the Senators like an absolute psycho. Yeah, why, why would you do that? That's terrible. Because it was the only other thing on sports-wise. Okay. Sure. And not going to lie, um, I like the Senators' uniforms, and that was about it that game. I think the Senators scored like three goals in five minutes. And I was like, all right, well, this game's over. Were the Sens at home? No, they were in Winnipeg. Oh, they're white. You like their white jerseys. Wow. Mm-hmm. I like the 2D logo. I like that they went back to the 2D logo. Oh, I agree with you. The black jerseys, the Sens black jerseys are sick. I, I actually do like them. Yep. Um, and some of their players are good, but yeah, Kyle Connor went on score 50 goals this year. I'm damn sure about it. I say he does it. Um, okay. Uh, is there anything else uh, NHL wise that you, hockey wise, that you wanted to discuss? Because we no. We do, we, well, let's just say the West is an absolute logjam for playoffs, which is fun, which is really mm. fun, actually. So um, it's going to be what? We'll say Oilers, Predators, Golden Knights, Stars, Jets, and Canucks all fighting for like three spots. I'm uh, I'm I'm thinking that it's probably going to be Edmonton and Vegas who makes it. Yeah, yeah, I actually I do see that. Yeah, I agree. I kind of think I kind of think Vancouver is like the other team who can make it out instead of Van- like I know their math does not work well, but like it doesn't, and they but lost tonight to St. Louis. Schedule. They have an easy schedule, which helps. Sort of. Van- Vancouver is a frustrating team because they should be better than what they are. Yeah, d- tell tell my roommate over here. Yeah, he, yeah, you can talk about frustrating. It's a, uh, it's been a very up and down year for that club. That's for sure. Um, well, we always talk about the Canucks, so we're not gonna. I think one podcast we'll do. We're just gonna talk about everybody except Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto. Um, we'll just talk about Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, and well, we talked too much about Anaheim, Detroit. One podcast we're just going to talk about like Ottawa, Winnipeg, and like Calgary. We don't talk too. about Calgary enough for how good they are. Let's be real. And, and the Coyotes. No, we don't need to talk about the Coyotes. No, no, we don't. I get this. I okay, yeah, I'd rather talk about Seattle than um than the Coyotes. And like I'd rather talk about the Kraken than the Sharks. I can for sure. The Sharks are like way at the bottom. I fucking hate the Sharks, but um, and the Kings too. They can. I think that's the most. Um, I think I think that's the most. Um, you know, how, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't think anybody's ever had that hardcore of an opinion on the Sharks ever. And you're just like I fucking hate the Sharks. No, they're terrible. Terrible hockey. Player. Um, we do have one mailbag question, um, and mostly because, um, I meant to do this on, well, I originally had it scheduled for Rav when, uh, Rav and I were going to pod, but it's a baseball question and Rav's like, you should do it with Scott. So I'm making you talk about baseball for like five minutes. So like, nice. You're welcome. I know how much you love that. Um, friend of the pod Aiden asked uh, I should get the official uh, question here but 
but I believe he asked something along the lines of uh, which teams are going to be good in baseball this year. That's a, you know what? That's actually a relevant question. Um, best, best team in baseball this year is the official question. Ooh. Uh, I think it's, I think it's the Dodgers. Okay. The Dodgers, yeah. but the, the, the Dodgers are kind of the chalk pick though. Right. So I'd say probably the Dodgers, you know, the Dodgers and the Yankees always seem to find a way to be competitive. Um, Houston's yep. probably going to be good again this year. Yep. I agree with that. Um, again, I think the, well, again, here's, you know, here's another thing. I, yeah. Dodgers, Yankees, Astros, those have been teams that have been good for years now. And they, like you said, they always find a way to be good. Um, the White Sox, kind of a yep. dark sleeper team that are going to be good. I don't want to, the Blue Jays are kind of sick, assume, assuming that their starting rotation can kind of do what they did last year. Kind of, just, kind of just assuming that everything, like, I think the Blue Jays are probably going to be better this year just purely on the fact that they're home all year. Like, they don't have to worry about playing in Buffalo or Dunedin. Or Dunedin, yeah, totally agree with that. Um, like some familiarity with their with the ballpark, and I I really like the Matt Chapman signing. I think that's a huge pickup. And again, remember the last time we picked up an Athletics uh, third baseman. Third base, yeah. And and I mean, like with how that team is, there's going to be so many dingers hit at the Rogers Center this summer. Oh, it's going to be an absolute yeah, be like beach like, ball and hit out of the park. Yeah. Yeah, great. like. I feel like this team is destined to do well just purely based on, yeah. based on the fact, A, they're at home all summer. B, they're going to hit a – like, Vladdy's probably going to hit 40 home runs this year. Yeah. Yep, I believe it. And um, like you say, if, there's, if their rotation can hold up, because we know the hitting should be good, if the rotation can hold up, they're yeah. probably in a good chance. The other thing with the Blue Jays, too, I wonder how Charlie Montoya is at managing like because now this is what his fourth season with the team his third no fourth right last year was his fourth fourth Fourth. and like every every time i watch the jade i'm not baffled but like slightly confused at like some of the like moves that montoya makes with like getting guys out of the bullpen or like throwing a guy in 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 the pinch hit and it's like if you can clean up like 30% 30% of those moves, yeah, you have that you have you have a better that much more of a chance of making the playoffs or the even just being the best yeah. team in the baseball. Jays are one of the most talented teams in, in the MLB without a doubt. Um I also want to talk about there's two other teams that are kind of like slept on a lot and that's the, the Atlanta Braves and the Tampa Bay Rays are two teams that I think for me are going to be or well frankly slept on every single year but um, especially Tampa Bay gets slept on every year and they somehow find a way to be good, even considering their payroll being so small. Um, but I think the Braves, I mean, they lock well, yeah, because Freeman's now in where's he now? Because Freeman's gone, yeah. Freeman moved and he is currently playing, I think, St. Louis Dodgers. No, you're right, it is the Dodgers. The Dodge, like, that's the thing, the Dodgers lineup is so ridiculously stacked, it's not fair. But it's not fair, no. But, but you mentioned—I was gonna say—you mentioned the Braves. Like they literally just won the World Series in October, November. Like they literally just won it like six months ago. 
Yeah, and we we bear we this is the last team we're gonna talk about. Like, yeah, there's again base baseball like again as unexciting as it is. Um, there are some very exciting teams, and the talent is so good, especially with that top tier of teams. And again, the Blue Jays. I mean, it'll be fun to watch the Blue Jays this summer because they yeah. they they are gonna be fun to watch. There's no arguing with that. The AL East is is like stacked, <laughs> stacked. this year. It's stacked. like most even. They're gonna get lit up. Well, they don't really care. They're not trying to win. But you know that. But sure. but even like the Red Sox, even like the Red Sox, like they have like a few pieces that I like between like Verdugo, Kike Hernandez. Like there, there's some like you know, I don't know if Chris Sale is officially coming back yet. I don't know if he's 100 healthy. But even even so, Red Sox have a few decent pieces, and they're probably gonna finish fourth this year. They and look like they're. Yeah. In that division, they look like they're going to finish fourth purely because of the fact that the Blue Jays, Yankees, and Rays are going to be better than all of them, or are going to be better than the Red Sox this year. Yep, true, true. So they go in. There's uh, like seven or eight teams there that are fun to watch. Um, yeah. Who do the 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 not as exciting but just as uh, hilarious question? Um, who do we think is the worst team in baseball is going to be? Well, I think it's Baltimore. Is it Baltimore? I, I, I think I think you got option for Oakland. Okay, the Athletics. Yep. I think you can. I think you can throw in Oakland. I think you could throw in Baltimore. I think you could throw in Pittsburgh. Yeah, even Arizona, maybe Arizona. I don't think the well the NL West other outside of the Dodgers and Giants isn't really that good. No, but that's where I think like the AL West is. Like you'll have Houston. You'll have Seattle. I want to say the Angels, but like fucking the Angels have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, and they're going to struggle to get 75, 80 wins this year somehow. Somehow, yeah. With that much, with okay, again, baseball is such a, you know, you got to use your whole team sport. Like you can't rely on two hitters slash pitcher and Otani. But like, yeah, it's, it's a very, uh, I feel bad for Mike Trout. Like he's been on such a mediocre team his whole career, and he's just, such not a mediocre player. He's such a talent. It's ridiculous. He, Mike Trout is probably the greatest baseball player I've ever seen in my in entire life. Talent? Oh yeah, without a doubt. And kind of like McDavid in a way. Like, yeah, he's played he, on he, such a meat. Well, let's say okay. Let's say no. Oilers. You can say that the Oilers suck. You can say it, Scott. Don't be afraid to say that the Oilers suck. No, well, the Oilers have just been mediocre. I wouldn't say they suck because they made the playoffs most years. They just they they just can't get past the first round. That's their problem. But the Angels can't even get into the playoffs. That's kind of where I'm getting at with with that, right? So, so but, yeah. There you go. We have we have we we talked about the best teams. We talked about the worst teams. Yes. We'll see if there's more baseball to come. Do you know, on a scale of one to ten, I am like at a twenty five. I was excited to go back to the ballpark, go to a game in Seattle this year, go back to T-Mobile. I am like yeah. a scale of one to ten. You are twenty-five. You're wearing the Mariners jersey already. I remember you. I remember when you bought that. You bought a sport check in Vancouver, Robson. That was like the beginning of COVID too. Uh, like June. Yeah, dude. Fuck, I forgot about that. That's right. I beginning of COVID, as if like yeah, yeah as if it's still going. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm looking. I am actively looking at dates to go to the ballpark. There you go. Might have to join you. 
you sh- you should you should we we'll do a a weekend of silver tips playoffs Murners baseball Murners Murners do the playoffs even go that long uh, our uh, our our playoffs start late April like we have another month to talk about the playoffs oh shit oh yeah right because yeah um we might go to the Rockets game April sixteenth against the Cougars battle for uh for a playoff spot for PG oh interesting are the Rockets out of it. No, they clinched the spot. The oh. uh, WHL Western Conference is very top-heavy. Like, you're either good or you're not. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Everett's good. The Blazers are good. It's Everett, Portland, Seattle, Kamloops, Kelowna. Good teams. I think they've all clinched playoff spots now. Right. So, like, and five teams of like – A bunch of teams fighting. For and, then, and then there's, like, a 20-point difference between, like, Prince George, Vancouver, from, like, Kelowna. Not even Everett. Like, Kelowna, a fifth seed. There's like a 20 point gap between like Vancouver, Prince George, Spoke, Victoria. <laughs> Holy shit. That's like crazy. You're, like you're I either good or you're I not. The Giants were good. Like, oh, they they fell off hard. Well, because they had, because well, I mean, they traded sort of, which I think was yeah. dumb. That was dumb because there's the playoff race, I think. But I think so too. But I think they also just like, hey, you know, let's just get a bunch of assets for them too. They're also the Vancouver Giants. They consistently turn out decent teams every year. So, Well, and not for nothing, it's not that hard to make the playoffs every year. No, that's true. That's in good. the dub. Um, the, we, the interesting thing this year is that we're going back uh, to a 1v8, 2v7, 3v6, etc. Oh, that, that's good. It's about fucking time. Instead of the weird divisional thing that the NHL is still doing. but No, I, uh, I like that. That's going to – well, assuming Kamloops clone are four and five, that can be one hell of a playoff. No, uh, I think I think we did the math. It's looking like Seattle Kelowna. Okay. Like the four or five, which is still going to be like – that's going to be a tough – That's a tough go for the Rockets. It is. Um, but Seattle's that good. Um, sure. Port, I think Portland would play Van. Oh. And like – That's not an easy, easy game or easy series for Portland. No, it isn't. Like, Portland, Van still has, like, a bunch of top guys. Like, not top not top guys, but, like, quality players. Like, Fabian Lysel. Fabian Lysel's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see how Lysel and the rest of the Giants do. But, uh, I, 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 we still have, what, five, uh, one, two, three, three more weeks of regular season action. Cool. Looking forward to it. In in with the Everett Everett Silver Tips. Um yeah. Uh Scott, any other final things? Anything you want to end on? How how is the KJR? I this is my ending. I like doing this as an ending. How's the KJRHL going for you? KJRHL is very good. Um, the regular season is over. So that's exciting. Uh we have playoffs starting April 3rd, so that's next week. Ooh. It will be it'll be great. Um, we've got so Team Blue is gonna play Team Red in the first semifinal, and then Green's gonna play Orange in the next semifinal. And the, we've got so we've got longer ice times, and they're not late at night; they're midday. So we Ooh. had to, we had an ice time change. So our yeah, the the games for the next two weekends are gonna start. One of them's at one one p.m. and the other is at two thirty. So we get like favorable ice times. Thank goodness. Do you, who do you think that benefits the most? 
What team? Ooh. Yes. Um. Hmm. Would you? Would you? This is really just a question of like, who do we think plays better sober? Well, again, all the games are Sunday night, so everyone's relatively sober. But it's going to be a matter of who. But, but you said, but you said this starts at one thirty. P.M. Yeah. Yeah. In the afternoon, are guys yeah. still like day drink? Are you still day drinking uh, for this at one thirty? Well, no. But again, think about you know the, the effects of fatigue having to go to a game late Sunday night versus midday Sunday. The 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 actual consideration now is will guys still be hungover from the night before coming to hockey? That. <laughs> That's the real consideration. <laughs> Let's not forget. It's, remember, this is beer league, and guys are going out Saturday night to play Sunday instead of now Sunday night, so they have the whole day to recover. So now it's different. So now you got to figure out, okay, like what team's gonna be the least hungover from the night before? Because now the time to recover is less. It's about ten hours less. So, a shorter turnaround time is what I'm. Yeah, ex- exactly. So um, I don't know. Team Blue did finish first in league standings with a plus 29 goal differential. Um, but again, a lot of those big blowout games were early season. So hard to say what it's going to be. I think, I don't know. It's going to, it's going to be really interesting because again, this, you know, a different shift in times means that different guys will be able to show up. Right. So we'll see what really is going to happen, but. Um, you also shouldn't probably be picking the games because of the fact that you are co-commissioner. There is a little bit of conflict of interest now. There is, yeah, and I'm also I'm also the captain of one of the teams. I'm looking at. Yeah, I mean, people, like besides yeah. that, people know I'm the captain of Blue, but um, yeah, well, uh, no, it'll be a it'll be a good playoffs. We got longer ice time. We'll have scorekeepers. We'll have refs. Hopefully, like two refs. Hopefully, which is good. So Ooh. we don't normally only have one, so we'll hopefully have two for these games. And um, no, it should be fun. It'll be a good finish to the year, and then we'll be doing it next year too, which is exciting as well. So yeah big thumbs up to the KGRHL. So you love yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's been a fun year though. So we've, uh, yeah, we've done well. Can we get uh, like Colton doc or like Pavel Novak or somebody to do like an op- a ceremonial face off for your championship game? If they could come play a game for us. I mean, they're like mid season, so they can't really, but they're, they're not, okay. They're not going to play a game for you, but if you did like some sort of like ceremonial puck drop, puck drop, I think you'd have a better chance at getting them to come out than me personally. I don't, I don't know the guys personally. And they're also like three years younger than me. So, or just like a bunch two. of kids. Well, relatively I'm 21. This like Colton's what? 18. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, um, that's the podcast. Uh, big shout out to Scott for taking the time to come out and do this. Um, I think we'll do this next week. Next week a holiday. Next week is not a holiday. Uh, Easter is later. Oh, Easter is later this year. Oh, I totally later. It's like end of April. I think it's like the twenty second or third. Is that eighteenth? Uh, yeah. You're right. You're right. It is that weekend. Um, sorry, I, just, I was just checking my calendar. Um, it's weird because it's, it's got like rug, that's a weekend of rugby sevens. Mm. Mm. Um, so Scott and I will probably be back next week. Um. We'll probably have more to talk about next week. Probably. Um, the April 11th week is definitely a no. I've got, like, hella school. That yeah. Time, like, Monday, like, the 4th will probably be, like, the last pod we'll do until I'm, honestly, until I'm back in Squamish. When are you back in Squamish? 
early like end of April, twenty April twenty eighth probably. Should go to a baseball game. Potentially, we'll see. Uh, we should play golf first. What we should do? Oh, dude, do you know, like the urge to like since this like weather has gotten nicer, the urge to just you know drink beers, golf, get the ball glove out has yeah. skyrocketed a, a dramatic like four hundred percent. Oh yeah, I believe it. No, um, not should. that again. Not that I am the best golf player in the world. And, you know, golf is my excuse to just go, you know, drink with the guys out on the course. Oh, absolutely. It's the, yeah, it's great. Um, now that COVID's over, we can more or less do whatever we want. Oh, don't, don't, uh, don't jinx it. Probably. Um, yeah. With that being said, uh, thanks again to Scott. Uh, you know where to find us. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the YouTube channel. Y- you know where to go. And uh, we'll be back uh, next week. Um, I will be in Everett Friday night, April 1st. No, that's not an April Fool's joke. We put it in Portland on, again. It is on April Fool's Day. It is, but it's no joke. I will be in Everett on April 1st. Um, yeah. Until then... Check us out. Uh, We'll be back again soon. Peace out.